The year is 2003. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book master. I'm joined by Charlotte, comic book rainbow belt. And Charlotte, I'm thinking that we need to realign the podcast. One of us needs to come out as either straight or queer. One of us needs to die. One of us needs to change uh, races or at least pretend to. Um, What are you thinking? What do you what do you I think mean, what do you see for I'll me? I'll come out as straight I, and then die. I feel like that's <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, kill your straights. We, we, I don't know. We don't want to lean into the, the classic trope of kill your straights. Like of kill your straights, yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. to be fair, I've seen more straight people killed on shows than gay people just by virtue of there being more straight people. <laughs> everyone's everyone's always complaining about the barrier queers trope, but like Where's the barrier straights complaints? Because just yep. by numbers, it's a bad joke, <laughs> dumb joke. Uh, we're talking some off-brand mutant comics today. Off-brand, that sounds rude. You know, they're like mutant <laughs> comics, but yeah. not like the main mutant comics is what I meant. So we're talking some more Exiles, and we're talking Ecstatics, and we're talking Wolverine Dupe, which was added by a Patreon backer, Jakob. Thank you, Jakob. Thank you, Jakob. Um, yeah, excited to get into it. Charlotte, uh, sometimes when we're recording, when one of us laughs, that's when, like, our audio will spike, and I'll have to go back later and, you know, like, decrease the volume of it to not, like, blow out the speakers for people. Yeah. So I just want to give you a heads up. You should just lean back a little bit, because you're about to laugh really hard. Yeah, buddy. Talking about, uh, the comic ex- I- Damn it, damn it. I'm ecstatic you this, I in you. to be talking about ecstatics today. Ha. Huh. Ha, ha, ha. So you've never had that genuine laugh, so you can surprise people when they hear my actual genuine laugh. It, it sounded like you were just getting, like, punched lightly in the stomach. <laughs> exactly. Just a little bit, just little exhales of air. Yeah, this is, uh, this is good. This is a good batch of comics. I yeah. was excited to read this, and uh, and I had to be a little late today to today's recording because I didn't realize that we were skipping a chunk of ecstatics, and there's no way that I was not going to read all the ecstatics. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, I did go back and read, uh, what, 6 through 11 is what we skipped over, which, you know what, turned out to be, like, I mean, not necessary, but, you know, I don't know. With ecstatics, I'm not as worried about continuity as I am. Like, just each issue is a gift, a gift bestowed upon me. Um, I love this comic. So, uh, (laughs) before we start, if you want to support the show, Apple Podcast reviews are always welcome. And back us on Patreon.com. You get access to our Slack channel. You get access to our master spreadsheet. You get six months early access to Charlotte and I's spinoff show, Extra Issues, which is a comic book reading club. We're about to start our six-month series on Fantagraphics as a publisher. So we're reading all kinds of interesting stuff over there. Um, okay, Exiles, Charlotte, uh, Judd Winnick, and I have to look up the artist on this one, and I should, because I really liked the artist. The art on the the first issue especially was incredible. Yeah, Kev, okay, Kev Walker, 
um, does the art on 23 and 24, the with an Iron Fist arc. And uh, it, oh, to yeah. make it clear, 23 and 24 are part one and two of a three-part arc <laughs> that just wraps up with 25. I don't know why it's not on the list. You know what? Dave's not on this episode. I'm going to go edit it and switch it to 25 because we should just <laughs> read the whole thing. There's no reason not to read all three. Um, I went and finished it and it deserves to be finished. Um, yeah. Kev Walker's really good. This art is really interesting. It feels a little like Mignola style, a little bit like, God, who does the yeah, Marvel Zombies? The, the initial the Marvel Zombies help stuff. with that a lot, I feel. Like, I've seen yeah, some of... later art of, of his and it didn't, I don't know, surprise me in... As much as it did here, uh, here, like, it just looked splendid and very evocative and very expressive, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. in, like you said, in kind of a Mignola, very stylized uh, style. Sean Phillips. Yeah, well, a lot of yeah. lot of darks and shadows. Well, so he uh, he has this crazy career at Marvel that's starting right now. So yeah. this is his first thing at Marvel, and he kills it. And then there's all kinds of comics. For, like, he does Avengers for a long time. He does Dark Avengers. He does new Avengers. He like works on it, and you can see like he does the big superhero com- comic thing well. Um, he's working on what's he doing right now? He's doing the new Guardians of the Galaxy, like Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy is, yeah. number one that just came out is him. So like the guys, he did Doctor Afra. He's the one who did like the initial run of Doctor Afra. Anyway, had a, had and has a big career. Is still working uh, in a very like big capacity. He, he did the. I actually read some of his. Um, couple of years of Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme run, which was really fun. Yeah. And, like, his style really suits it. So a lot of the, like, really fun, um, something I do think of with Bignola, which is, like, faces covered in shadows, but the teeth are, the big smile is blasting out from, you know, the shadows. So all you see is just a big grin in the darkness. Um, I love, I love that effect. And he uses it with Tony Stark really well here. So Exiles, this is a, uh, we're on a different team here. I think we skipped some stuff, <laughs> and and then we're going to later find that this is just a separate team. I kind of assumed that the whole team had turned over at this yeah. point, but I don't Ooh, think that's you actually might what, have what missed some issues we read with Dave then, because I think like I think that was part of, or maybe that's just stuff I read on my own. I can't remember. Yeah, that stuff we talk on the show. We haven't covered stuff it. I read yeah. on my own, but basically like the weird cosmic being that uh, created the initial Exiles team, it revealed that he also created another team, which is called Weapon X, like the, mm-hmm. the main universe uh, team, that has yeah. like kind of the same purpose as uh, Exiles, but is more not necessarily doing it uh, as much uh, benefiting to, to the world they're visiting. Uh, so here, for example, that team is li- led by a, a, a version of Gambit and with a, an evil Spider-Man, so that, those kinds of characters on the team. Uh, they're trying to, to save the... Emperor Tony Stark slash Doom of that Earth, uh, which is supposed to be the bad guy, but here they're they're the team, uh, they're the inter inter multiversal team uh, trying to to help him. Yeah, so this is this is like it. The first issue here does a great job of setting up the world here and the stakes yeah. of like Tony Stark has become like uh, Emperor for life of the United States and the world basically, and he's done this through um, like the controlling the weather controlling earthquakes uh and diseases and famine and then like rising up as the one to stop it right like manufacturing crises and then uh stopping them so you know it's supposed to be fantasy but it's like biden is doing the exact same thing so like this didn't seem that surprising to me with (laughs) climate change and covid i mean he'd the same exact thing to become president so this is like very prescient 
Um, and then, yeah, the, the weird thing is that, like, Weapon X shows up and is like, yeah, we're <laughs> our job here is to help you defeat the Inhumans. And then they do, and that's it. So I, I did feel slightly lost in the motivations of, like, oh, are you... Are you the evil version? Because you don't seem like particularly evil. But yeah, so maybe maybe I missed a little context there. Um, yeah, honestly, I can't, I can't remember exactly how it works. If they're just like supposed to completely oppose the exiles or if they're just like have slightly different missions. It's more like their mission is in rescuing the, the multiverse. And if that destroys the planet or like damns the planet, then so be it. Kind of. But I, I, yeah. I couldn't tell you what the actual end goal of that team was during the... The end of this was that the Inhumans, uh, the Inhumans were like the last superheroes of the superpowered people left on Earth, and Tony Stark wants to destroy them, and so uh, the the Exiles help Tony Stark uh, invade Adelan, and then he uh, just a second, sorry, I'm having a hard time like hearing myself in my own ears, <laughs> and yeah. it's like making me. Okay, can you say something? Yeah, I'm here. I'm queer, and I'm ready to record here. That's <laughs> okay there we go that's better i like i couldn't hear myself in my own headphones and oh, it's yeah. like it just throws yourself off yeah it was like the exile through showing up and helping tony stark defeat the inhuman sue storm who's like joined the inhumans and married black bolt then has a small little rebel group that goes and kills tony stark so it was like the only way to stop tony stark was to help them help him destroy the Inhumans, who do all die here. They all commit mass suicide, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, like, it is very, like, uh, morally dubious method here. But then again, I guess I don't know the motivations of the timekeeper or whatever it is, the person who's in charge of, like, setting their mission. Um, yeah, but you know what? This was pretty fun. I like the characters. I kind of, I dug the story. It, like, was pretty straightforward. Yeah, um, it's, Kev like, art, that's... Really good. To me, the fun of Exiles, it's just, like, fun superhero stuff. It's using the, the multiverse idea to just twist the Marvel Universe and, like, mix up characters that you wouldn't get to see uh, usually. Um, like, in ways you wouldn't get to see usually. And it never it never really gets beyond that. Um, it's mostly just fun superhero stuff, but it's very fun superhero stuff. Like, that, that first issue of the Emperor Tony Stark uh, arc is, like, just really t telling the background of how this happened it's just that but it's really it's done in a really fun fun mm -hmm. way it's not like it's not saying well, anything good, about good uh, humanity or anything like yeah. that but like it's just it's just yeah. fun superhero stuff um mm -hmm. and the arts i think really helps with that like i can't think of in my head right now just single panels of like iron man fighting magneto or like tony stark alone in his kind of cave or like it's a lot of Tony White Stark, House, I think. His face, um, yeah. And it's pretty well drawn. Like, just Iron Man, the visual of Iron Man with uh, Doctor Doom's cape, like, looks really good together. Um, and he draws it really well. Yeah, I think it's, it's just it's just fun. I, I like Exile is just fun. One of my favorite. Wait, wait Charlotte, basic do you think Exile is fun? You think this is fun? I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fun. Okay. I'm just, I'm just making funny. You said fun a lot. <laughs> I think you oh, said okay. fun about Sorry. 15 times in the last one. <laughs> um, I, I agree. I think, uh, to me, the setup is really good in this. It, you know, like, depending on the world. Sometimes they go to, you know, a world and the setup for it is like, okay, what if Wolverine was a little angrier than usual? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty dull. Uh, but this one was good, and it's good enough that I kind of wish it had a little bit more room to breathe, and that we actually got, like, 
somewhat more grounded in it, like kind of like an Age of Apocalypse thing and spent more time there. Because I think like it does end up feeling like it lacks, I guess, substance, lacks a little bit of heft uh, to what's yeah. going on because of it. And it's also like Judd Winnick, I think, is not a fluid, like he's not totally in control of pacing enough that like it it's not either breezy enough or um to to like spend this little time here <laughs> and yeah. then it's not like grounded enough that uh that like like I want to spend more time there I guess it's somewhere in between that doesn't feel like it totally fits um but yeah like <laughs> like it just takes big swings and I don't think like it always sells those um there is a <laughs> there's a moment in issue 25 um and the art does switch there for the worse um Oh, no, it is still Kev Walker. Ugh. Uh, he does the terrible thing here, and it's something we're starting to see in this era, which is vertical panels, really thin vertical panels to do action scenes. It's yeah. one of the worst decisions that, like, it almost never works to try to do big scenes like this. So there'll be, like, five thin panels across, like, many pages um, in action scenes, and it just is, like, it's a lot of nothing. You can't, there's no momentum to it. There's no... You can't see anything that's happening because it's literally like an inch thick. Do you know what I'm talking about here? Uh, kind of. I, I can't remember finding an example in that issue. I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now to see if I can. Twenty-five. Find skim through because there's like the entire action scene of twenty-five yeah. takes place in these thin little panels, and it's yeah. just like it's kind of incoherent to me. Um, there's a re- <laughs> there's a really crazy aside here, where um, Black Bolt is reading history to try to come up with a plan on how to uh, like stop. Iron Man and uh, Sue Storm says something like, "What is this? I see that you're reading books on races that have been slaughtered: the American Indians, the African slave trade, the French Revolution." <laughs> it's really funny. Like, Sue, do you think the French Revolution was against a, a race? Like, what? It's strange because yeah, he gets into race he gets of into French some... monarchs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's extremely odd to compare, like genocide of you know the african I mean, slave trade and it's, the american it's indian in the french we, even weirder in the context of french politics when that's like kind of an argument used by french nation, nationalists and fascists is that like the nobles and the the royals during the french revolution were like suffered genocide at the hands of the mm-hmm. revolutionaries that's well, like yeah you know you, a common you nationalistic argument like in it's france a dirty word and you know yeah that's <laughs> yeah. yeah that that I thought that was really funny, and it's funny because he like clearly he he's diving into some history here with the um, this like Madras thing uh, yeah. happening, which is the uh, like Roman Jewish war uh, that where a bunch of Jews purportedly all killed themselves when they were being like besieged, which is maybe not actually true. Yeah. Um, hey, I have a question for you. What happened in the Exiles, the next arc of the Exiles you read? Because I'm looking at it right now, and I'm wondering if I read the wrong comic. I read a Sasquatch comic. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's the the other arc that we read where, like, where the team is separated, and there is one yeah. with, um, uh, what's his name? The the guy from the animated series, uh, Mimic? No, not Mimic. The other one. The, Morph. Morph. Morph and Sasquatch. And then oh, the other it. one yeah, okay. is I'm with on the right um, Talia, Nightcrawler's daughter, and a Mariko, I think, a version of Sunfire. And it's yep. like those two, those two separate, uh, like parts of the teams uh, on their own adventures uh, on different uh, worlds. Mm-hmm. The Mariko one was good. The Mariko, yeah, uh, yeah. that that one was fine. I like that. The Sasquatch one, I think, is pretty awful. <laughs> it's kind of a big nothing. 
Yeah, um, it's kind of big nothing, and it's like I don't know. Maybe it's just like the aesthetics of of Wolverine and Sasquatch, and th- that's t- those kinds of characters. Uh, that's a part of the Marvel universe I'm never that taken by. So my what, Alpha Flight come switched on. out. I mean, off, uh, in it. yeah, exactly. As soon as someone's Canadian, my brain just uh, switches off. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, the the other the issue, the other issue with uh, Mariko was was better like i didn't have any context for it and it feels like there's like an, a whole arc before it uh that we didn't read um oh, yeah, i didn't, was, I didn't was, think i was missing I didn't, I no didn't no like you, you get all the context just... you need basically um which yeah, is like if yeah, you yeah. if you had read the whole arc you'd maybe feel more or something when they have to leave uh, at the end um yeah but yeah it's like a cute uh kind of cute sad uh, arc um I, I always like the the idea of a lesbian peter parker <laughs> it was what we read we, what we learned from <laughs> yeah, the ultimate universe <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's pretty funny um yeah it's so interesting we keep reading these pairings of like marvel being pretty explicitly queer uh i guess because we keep reading exiles and ecstatics together yeah but same thing same thing happened in 2002. <laughs> and basically nowhere like, else. Like, I, I don't have an exa- another example of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the writing in 33 is so bad, it's that, uh, yeah, Morph and Sasquatch, who in this world is Heather Hudson, um, is, or they're just fighting Wolverine, who's out of control. And that's it. That's, like, the whole thing. It's pretty bad. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a few pages here where he, Wolverine is fighting Sasquatch. Sasquatch is this huge, like, feral beast like drawn like this big monster it says if wolverine could remember who or what he was he might be nervous for at the this moment he'd realized that dr heather hudson founding member of the government funded organization alpha flight one part politician one part commander one part physician is much more than she seems and i was like oh is she gonna transform again or something for in her sasquatch form the mythical creature comes to life heather is also one very large part animal (laughs) <laughs> and that, that's it like and it's like yeah i i know we're looking at it what are you talking about yes what yep like yeah it just he just spends three pages with this narration just to kind of tell you like she's much more than she seems but like we're looking at her fight in her sasquatch form it doesn't make any sense uh it's all very kind of sloppy and uninspired also um, like there's i th- like there's a relationship between wolverine and sasquatch in that issue like that's part of the of their backstory and mm-hmm. in the in the notes for the episode, they wrote like something like um, multiverse helping and gay smooches. And I thought that would be the story between <laughs> Wolver- Sasquatch is usually a main character in the the main yeah. mainline Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah. So I was expecting that to be to be the story there. And sadly, no, that wasn't the case. But, uh, yep. yeah. <laughs> so I guess my point is, Exiles is up and down. It's kind of hit or miss. Like yeah. some issues, it kind of just depends on the concept. They get a good concept going. It can be fun when uh, when they have something like this, where it's like, what if they go to a world where Wolverine is out of control? It's kind of boring. But I even um, feel like when yeah. they when they're just doing like teen dynamics, they're usually really good at that. I, I remember that like one the issue where Mariko comes out was pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Those kinds of issues, even mm-hmm. when it's not like in the very crazy, interesting uh, world. I think that's a comic that's usually pretty good at that, and I don't think the issues we read today were the best example, uh, except for maybe the late the um, the latest issue with uh, Mariko and the, and the Spider character. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I I don't know, it's it's never the best comic we're we're reading, but it's always I don't know, it's it's always. <laughs> It's always fun to find some other word than fun. (laughs) Um, It's always enjoyable. Um, And I think it's like 
very good superhero book that's not trying to be anything else that a superhero book than a superhero book, and you can fault it for that definitely. But I, f- yeah, I don't know. It's one of the more, more than I that. Feel like it's, I, yeah, more than like its ambition. I think I fault it for just being like never escaping cliche a little bit. Yeah, I think like w- I think Winnick's just a little too married to like cliches of writing, like emotional cliches and the like character beats. Like it, it never strays farther from a decent issue of what if to me you know so like like that kind of (coughs) i guess you could say like the appeal is that you have this consistent team that like is going through the what ifs right and are you sneezing many times or coughing (laughs) i'm coughing (laughs) sorry sorry to laugh at you coughing i don't know why no it's it's funny (laughs) it sounds like the most fake coughing Thing over here. <laughs> anyway, no, no, I'm just literally mocking your cough. Do you need to go get a glass of water or something? No, it's okay. I mean, the, the mistake I made, I made initially was drinking water, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like the most Gen Z thing you've ever said on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I drink water usually. Um, only when it's mixed with drinking chocolate. <laughs> what, do you put chocolate in? Wait, how do you make hot chocolate? I mean, I don't. I just—it was just a joke about how you only drink thick chocolate. I don't. <laughs> I wasn't talking about. Okay, the I thought recipe. you were. I thought it wasn't like an American thing that you made hot chocolate by just putting. Cocoa I think some people water. make hot chocolate, like instant hot chocolate, is with boiling water. But you know, if you make it fancy, it's with milk, uh-huh. obviously, or even cream, um, or a little cream. Anyway, exiled. It's okay. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't respond to this as much as you do, but like, yeah, yeah. people people are into it slacks into it 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 never makes me like never irritated to read it it just never fully grabs me and i think like you know the character dynamics of the team you stack it up against something like ecstatics and for me it just underlines like how fall how far it falls short of being like really special yeah um Um, the (laughs) there is there's a moment here that i really loved uh that kind of showed actually kind of had a little bit of an ecstatics uh steez to it where like in Exiles 24, the new team is fighting Wonder Man, and I can't remember who it is. Someone opens, like, a portal to the Dark Dimension to throw Wonder Man into it, and the version of Hulk that's on Weapon X gets tossed into. And, uh, and I, one, I kind of like this team being, like, somewhat ruthless with their roster and just being like, I didn't like her anyway, and then just, like, letting her get pulled into the Dark yeah. Dimension. But <laughs> the, the bit that got me is that immediately after that... You see coming, walking from off panel, Colossus is walking in. He's like, greetings, my name is Colossus. I was spoken to by someone called the Timekeeper. And they're all like, shut up, we know, welcome. (laughs) And then like, (laughs) immediately from then on, Colossus is just on the team. And I kind of like that, like, just rapid switching. Like, it's the moment that Hulk gets uh, killed or pulled off the team. Yeah, that's kind of the point of that team as well, is like, it's Mm -hmm. always changing because they keep dying. Um, which is also the point that's of Exiles, but it happens mo- m- more on the Weapon X team because that's just like they're the bad guys, so you you can allow yourself to to change them more. Like I think I don't think yeah. the Gambit's version was uh, was there in the issues I read initially. I remember the Vision, the like kind of broken apart Vision, and the evil Peter uh, Spider Man being there. The other characters mm-hmm. I think for the most part were, were new. So yeah, that's 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 cool also design new. on that. Vision, yeah, yeah, it's really cool design. Um, kind With of the, like, like the, Peter Parker wearing the carnage suit. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, no, I think that's a bad design, actually. I no. think the Spider-Man <laughs> with the symbiote looks just awkward. He's got weird, like, shoulder lumps. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. It's fun. Uh, you know what's not fun? It, it's very fun. Is ecstatics. It's not fun. It's very fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't come up with anything. Good transition. Uh, Good segue. To me, Ecstatics continues to be the best thing we're reading. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at the rest of the list. Like, the only other contenders for something that would stack up to this are Daredevil and New X-Men. And, yeah, for me, this is definitely, like, out on top. Um, the best thing we're reading lately. Yeah, I adore this series. It's <laughs> it's so good. Peter Milligan, Mike Allred. Um, the... The, the arc we're reading now, or that we start out with 12, begins with an issue <laughs> showing that um, the world is very horny for Dead Girl. Um, she's become kind of a sex symbol. And it's funny because I, since I read like 6 through 11, I've been reading the letters pages, which are really, like, it's nice that they're all here in Marvel Unlimited. And the real world is very horny for Dead Girl. They get so many letters being like, who's this new sexy corpse walking around? Like... <laughs> It, so, like, I feel like this little story arc here is a direct... Inspired uh, by letters they received, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny, like, in a way that, you know, people were not writing in about Edie or um, uh, Venus de Milo. Like, people are writing in about Dead Girl all the time. They're very hot for Dead Girl. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very strange. And so, you know, you get all this funny, like, protesting of, you know, like, middle America protesting the morality of <laughs> everyone being hot for a corpse. Um, yeah, what what do you think? Where where are you landing on this series? We're we're most of the way through it. I think we're three quarters of the way through now. I think it's very on brand for you that your favorite Marvel book reading is the one that's less of a that's basically not a Marvel book at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really good. I think the novelty has worn off for me. Where I feel like the the initial batch of issues we read, I think we read two batch of issues if I remember correctly. Um, well, like really strong and surprising like i don't know i followed them from like i read all of it uh, in a in one sitting and didn't feel the time i i i, I spent uh, reading them um this i i don't know it, it didn't catch me as much um it was definitely still very very good uh just like it feels like we are still doing kind of the 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 same thing, I guess, um, and it's they do it pretty well. It's just pretty well done. I, I don't know. It's uh, did you did you feel that that it kind of was like just doing the same thing and not being um, what's the word in English like just refreshing, I guess. Uh, the yeah, the, the I mean, because like it feels most of the characters are the same. Where I feel like one of the fun thing with the initial batch of um, of uh, issues was like. Adding new characters and meeting the whatever weird new characters they they uh, that they could invent. Here there's like two new characters and one of them is like the subject of the arc and the other one is basically an afterthought. Um, yeah, no, it, it it's still really good, but it feels yeah hmm. kind of no. More I don't same. I don't really get that. I don't get like a staleness from it. Yeah. Um, I I think like it it has enough ideas running through it that like it stays pretty riveting. To me, okay. I guess um, the the like stuff with the characters, like the new characters, add enough, and I think like it doesn't rest on its laurels. With, I mean, the nice thing about 
ecstatics compared. You know, I I don't I don't necessarily read this book as like um like my praise of this book is not you know some kind of meta analysis of the editorial freedom that it has. So I'm not like reading this being like, oh, it's just so nice that like they don't have to worry about you know uh, the illusion of change and all this other stuff that Marvel does. But it it does impact the book, I think, because you know characters just die like randomly on a whim and it feels like you know it can just happen anytime it does raise the stakes um and it does mean that something that mainline superhero stuff can do is the the worst thing i think a a writer can do is if it feels like they're writing fan fiction for an established character right so like you get a a writer who comes in and they're not finding a new voice for daredevil or spider-man or whatever it feels like they're just kind of like doing their version or you know maybe like a 2000 version of the stan lee character the exact same thing right and like sometimes that's okay like i think this is a little this is rude i guess but um (laughs) the uh mark wade fantastic four feels slightly like that to me in some ways um as much as i like that book it just feels so like beholden do what has come before in the Fantastic Four, with yeah. the exception of making Doom, like, a little nastier. And and I like that book. Like, I'm not trying to trash that. But, like, I think that feels like a limitation of that book in a lot of superhero comics is it kind of feels, yeah, like it's just echoing what's come before. Whereas this, it doesn't, it's not only that, like, it's fresh because it's, like, an original group. It doesn't feel beholden to sticking to what the characters are or have been. So we get to, like, continually evolve these characters into new things. Um, like Tyke, uh, and what's his name? Mr. Anarchist? It's not Mr. Anarchist. Something like that. Um, has, like, really changed throughout the course of this book. And we're getting this, like, obsessive-compulsive side to him. Not side, like, uh, his, you know, like, mental disorder. Uh, his OCD is, like, coming out here, um, in some ways. And that's pretty new. And I think that's, like, a very interesting angle to this character. Like, it's introduced, and that's something you can just, like, drop in without feeling like, you know, you're making... Like, you can't just introduce OCD to Spider-Man in yeah. 2003. You can't just be like, yeah, Spider-Man's always had OCD. It's just, you know, maybe he's had it under control, and now in this arc, he doesn't. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I just... I feel like the comic, it doesn't feel stale to me. It feels like it's constantly evolving it, and it's constantly, like, adding new angles to the characters and finding new um, approaches to... Yeah. Fleshing out their personalities, yeah. No, that's fair. And I also, I also didn't read the the the, the few issues we 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 skipped. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, if I if I went back to to read those and had like a more complete view of, because uh, it feels like the kind of comic where, like as opposed to Exile, like you Exile, you you pick up any comic and it's like basic yeah, superhero yeah. stuff. Like you, you can just sure. get a sense of what's going on if you've read superhero comics before. Um, Exiles is very uh, ecstatics is very much doing more of its own thing. So skipping around means definitely losing some of the of the story and some of what's mm. going on with the characters. Um, so that's definitely something I should do. Um, but but yeah, I, I I definitely see what you mean. I th- I definitely get the value in that. Um, and it's, it it also definitely helps that those are new newer characters. Um, and also, I, I'm also like that. That's uh, bring the question to my mind. Have have any? Like, I don't know if you have an answer, but like, have any other writers uh, written those characters? Because I know there there was a more recent series of uh, I think it's called the Ex- the Excellence, uh, but I think it's the same creative team. Um, it yeah, feels like yeah, they, I don't. It feels I don't like the kind of characters else. that I can't uh-huh. imagine in the hands of a, of another writer. 
in a way. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, because it feels it's like, like it's very such a Peter sp- Milligan such, thing. such a specific style of uh, of writing that doesn't fit with anything else in the in the Marvel universe. Um, and I think like that's that's the main value in this. I feel like it's such so specific, and there I can't think of another superhero comic like it, uh, especially at Marvel. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a really really it's a great comic. I, I definitely need to to reread it like as a whole. Uh, once it, and I, I I don't even know how many issues of it are, are left. Uh, I, I in my mind I, I, I thought it was like a very short like run, but I feel like it's yeah. goes longer than I thought. Yeah, we, we, I think next year we're finishing it. They're doing okay, yeah. Ecstatics versus Avengers is the like the last Ooh. part of it. Ooh, that's both interesting and I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I do understand. Oh, sorry, go on. No, just I feel like. I'm worried that that in that kind of story, the ecstatics might get lost in the the in like Avengers beast. Um, but yeah, no, like I also trust the the writer we, to to maybe just do the opposite and have a have an interesting Avengers story to to attract in the orbit of uh, ecstatics. Will we see like Spider-Man come in here for an issue? And yeah. it's extremely weird. Um, yeah, like it feels like I I wonder if it was Peter Milligan just goofing around or if like editorially they were like we got to put spider-man in your issue maybe they'll boost sales or something because spider-man is on the cover and then in the comic like the ecstatics are like leave us alone and he's like what do you mean and then i think fat just swats him away and then yeah <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he's gone and that's it like i think he has like three lines in the comic so like Milligan I mean, even is... professor x is around and he's like in the oh, background professor x some scenes actually, he's pretty in, in, like uh in this series like he's entrenched in this series especially in the arc that we skipped um venus de milo is like looking for her family who all vanished when she like first got her powers and professor x is like in the middle of uh trying to find them did we read the part where she gets her sex suit from professor x (laughs) (laughs) nope we didn't read that there's a whole thing where professor x a very creepy scene where because venus de milo is like molecules all being held together by a suit that professor x made for her yeah and she's dating guy and uh professor x is like well you know i have been working on this new suit for you because you're a beautiful young woman and i know you're seeing somebody so when you're feeling ready for it you know this scene this suit will allow you to and she's like no no i don't want it and he's like come now it's only natural like he's just being a little pushy about like making a suit for her that creates professor x being weird in a comic i can't believe that can't believe professor x would ever be creepy it's it's pretty (laughs) funny um yeah well he's it's weird though because he doesn't play a professor x role in the comic he plays kind of like more of like a reed richards role like he's like the scientist yeah he's kind of what forges to the x-men basically yeah the the tech guy i i just kind of wonder if like they just like the look of him and they're just like yeah he's kind of a creepy bald guy um who you know, like suits the suits the vibe? Yeah, he, it has he definitely suit, like Peter Milligan. That works. Like <laughs> Xavier's face in the Peter Milligan's art mm-hmm. outside definitely works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, there's there's the stuff with Venus to Milo. Who who also there's a weird detail where she's black, right? Like yeah, you can't tell because she doesn't have skin. Um, but she's black. Her family's black, and uh. But Professor X does make her suit and is white pinkish. Like he oh. undoes that, and they don't actually say anything, which is a little odd. Surprising to me, for that usually comic. Yeah. yeah, this comic like gets into the <laughs> gets into that stuff a lot. There's a great issue here. The Ecstatics, the movie, I think, is the 
first one we read where um it's from tyke's point of view and he's just talking about how like he's like we always end up just killing uh you know brown people that's all we're ever killing like we never get to fight a bunch of morbins and you know it's like kind of slightly subtle ish thing about how you know the every time they're sent on these military missions of course it's like to these nations of people with brown skin uh and how like in the movie version they'll they'll make this like a multi-ethnic multi-racial group of bad guys (laughs) which is something (laughs) that like i kind of poke fun at uh these comics for doing sometimes and then um what (laughs) a joke that really made me laugh out loud with uh i love like this the ham-fisted like or like the deadpan turn to camera like cornball lines that they say sometimes so fat gets killed in this which is pretty sad actually it's it like, looks it's horrible kind of like he's she like he catches an explosion basically inside of yeah, him and yeah. he just like yeah. he's he's huge and it's like all deformed because the explosion happened inside of him it looks really his coffin is so big yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> the, yeah the, the shot of his stuff. coffin being lowered into the ground and it's just like eight times as wide yeah, as a normal boy. coffin um, but the, right after he dies, and it's like a sad moment, like the, the comic, for me, like the comic really balances the actual like pathos of these characters, like getting attached to them and the like joking around about it. Like it really does a good job threading the needle. But like, I am like, I'm sad about the death of fat. And then <laughs> Tyke says something, is that, uh, I think um, the the wolf guy, Eviscerator, Viv- Vivisector, Vivisector's like, you know, uh, he's the only man that they're like, I'm the only one he ever loved. And, you know, there's something sad about that. And then Tyke says, like, he was a white boy who wanted to be a black boy. And that's what made him so blue. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really made me laugh. Um, yeah. Just like saying that, like, as a eulogy for him, just yeah. as he died. <laughs> it's really funny. There's also uh, something that made, that got a laugh from me is when I love all the, like, talking to dupe. And Dupe is still so funny that they use him complete, like, no explanation for what he is. Is he a mutant? I don't know. They kind of talk about him as... I think, he, yeah, mutant, he but, is a mutant. He is a mutant, but, like... But there's definitely no word of, like, he used to be a human, right? Yeah, like, he yeah. looks like an alien. Uh, I just love that they're not bringing it up. Like, Dupe's just there. No one fully knows his role. No one really knows what his motivations are. Don't even really know his species. And... But once in a while, someone will turn and be like, Dupe, what are you taking all those photos photos for? And then he says something, and then the next panel will just be the whole team, like, cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Dupe just said something really funny. And I, I love not knowing. Like, I know you can translate that stuff, but it's so much funnier not knowing, just being like, every once in a while, Dupe says something that just gets the whole team in stitches. Um, it's He's he's a great character. And sometimes he just devours someone, someone's face. <laughs> It's like... uh, yeah, and sometimes yeah, sometimes he just goes wild. Or yeah, and, uh, yeah, in the Duke a, Wolverine mini, he yeah. has sex with a fur coat and yep, <laughs> makes it multiply. Um, yeah, so the Duke Wolverine mini actually goes before those comics, which you can tell because uh, what's his name, Simon Spike, Spike Hasselman is uh is still alive in them, yeah. um, who dies very suddenly in a later Ecstatics issue. Well, it's, and, it's not uh, like it's Wolverine weird... Dupe is rooted uh, <laughs> deeply in uh, the continuity of uh, aesthetics. Like, who cares? You no, can read no, it no. Uh, wherever you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's a weird comic. It's it's kind of him doing, like, a bit of a old, like, 
pulp detective story um like a like a pink panther maybe type of thing it's strange it feels like it's drawing from a bunch of influences that like i maybe i don't have the context for I mean, uh, in a way, the main storyline felt to me like kind of a, a cartoon, like kids' cartoon storyline, where both characters yeah. think the other one has like some kind of fever and his his brain has been taken over, and they uh-huh. it's like a whole, a whole, um, a whole mess of uh, each of them trying to convince the other that what they think is, is real isn't, but the other one goes along because they think the other one thinks it. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's like both a, of them getting orders to like kill the other one and yeah. the, the match the mirror shots of both of them crying in the bathroom thinking that they'll have to kill their and like, the the pal. the last panel of the first issue being them like kind of uh, an armor on on each other's shoulder like as bros but then secretly having a knife or a broken bottle in their back mm-hmm. ready to stab the mm-hmm. other one <laughs> it's like yeah it's kind of sp- yeah, it's spy really versus spy yeah yeah, yeah and in the pink mink is it's that's just that's just pussy, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't I, think it's so I was about, tripping, yeah. like, is this just... Because it's just, like, people, you know, like... It, it. I couldn't tell. Is it a mutant? It seems like it's pheromones, but it's just driving these guys wild. And they're just, like, they're going into a hysteria over it. Uh, and they can't wait to get it. Uh, and they're willing to kill each other over it. It only affects mutants, I guess. Mutants are just super horny, which I guess, yes, yeah, we know that <laughs> since the common days. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, it was kind of funny. I, uh, I like this one. I don't like it as much as the ecstatics, but I'm glad we read it. I mean, I, the Darwin Cook's art makes it look more, I don't know, less edgy, I guess, in a way, than uh, than Peter Milligan's. It looks more mm-hmm. more like a 90s, got more like... Batman the Animated Series, that kind of uh, of style, mm-hmm. of um, uh, like a visual of aesthetic style. Um, so it feels more, I don't know, childlike Silly. and fun yeah. and happy in a way than uh, than Exotics yeah. does. Yeah. Just like a fun adventure with Wolverine and his best friend Dupe. <laughs> and like yeah, just that sentence is. tells you any, uh, everything you need to know about it. But it's yeah, it's 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 weird and good. Um, it's definitely more lighthearted than, than ecstatics, but that's, I don't know, that's, that's nice too. Oh yeah, that's fine. And it's, you know, it's, it took over the place of ecstatics for a couple months. Um, yeah. ecstatics went oh, on okay. break for like two months for them to do this. So it might've been just like all red needing a break, drawing it. And they took two months off to go do this. Um, so it kind of fits in just as like two issues. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you read it. The, yeah. uh, the other main story here in ecstatics is... Oh God! What's her name? I just read it, but the uh, this new pop star from Europe, um, who's this like very charitable saintly woman who gets killed um, and then comes back to life, which like furthers her like saint status in everybody's eyes, um, yeah. and joins the ecstatics, and they all hate her <laughs> because she's like <laughs> too much of a goody two. She's too perfect, yeah, yeah, um, and God, like the president of a european company is the one who put a hit out on her and it gets it gets i don't know it's complicated it it works fine like i follow it while it's going i don't know if i can explain it that well but um spike hasselman is with is working behind the ecstatics backs to manipulate them into fighting a team he puts together called euro trash of like as, as they say in the comic crude european stereotypes charlotte were you offended by surrender monkey I was, 
Oh, I just get, I just got why why his uh, his cliche was surrender. Uh, yeah, no, because I didn't get it. I guess it's it's we it's it's a very persistent like French stereotype. Yeah, it's the uh, the that A doesn't stand for friends uh, of uh, Mark Melzelt. Totally so, right. No, I yeah, didn't get uh, that in the actual comics when you said it. That I was like, oh, okay, that's preacher that's does the, the same is. thing. Garth Ennis <laughs> makes a couple jokes about. Uh, like France surrendering, uh, yeah. Like, so, was there also a cliche like that for for the British one? Or is, is it just like it's Hugh Grant's but Beast? Why he's just very he's just a very posh. Yeah, yeah. I guess. he's just very like fancy and posh. Um, I like the Berlin Wall one. Uh, you know, he's fighting yeah. guys <laughs> on the east and the west. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, really like, funny. yeah. Anyway, so they fight this whole team. Um, I don't know. Like the the stuff with ecstatics, like it it feels cynical about culture right but i think in a way that i'm not it it threads this needle for me where it doesn't feel like it is it doesn't feel smug about it i guess that maybe makes a difference i never feel like the author is being like smarmy or like we were talking about this with um boy what comic was it um spider-man comic where there's this like kind of smug centrist thing where like you know it just like feels like it's like the point here is to say that i'm uh smarter than all of culture (laughs) right but it's not like particularly aimed at anything it doesn't feel like it's a satire that's like sharp or pointed or even that like specific it's just kind of generalized like making fun of everything except for like the exact middle ground where i live um, and it's also doing re- that in the context of a of like a story about an actual superhero that you're supposed to root for, and like, yeah, sure. it feels like it's not questioning that Spider-Man is in the wrong. Right? I feel in, in ecstatics, like they're all a holes. Um, oh, they're all terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I kind of think it's remarkable that like he kind of got away with doing this team, like yeah. that he does get to do this team of like heroes that are you know because they're not. It's not like Succession where you're watching and you're like, they're all terrible. Like, I, although, you know, you do get some sympathy for those characters. But, like, I think you, like, I get, I like these characters while at the same time, <laughs> you know, like, the entire world they live in and their motivations are all extremely uh, repulsive and full of, like, lies, right? Like, they, they, none of them are honest with themselves about what they do or their role. They keep talking about, like, protecting Americans and protecting innocents and all this stuff, and then, like, you know, it immediately undercuts that by showing that they are just working for whatever highest bidder, right? Like, the fact yeah. that most of them were in on selling chemical weapons to Saddam Hussein, yeah. right? Like, that, like, half of them actually knew about it. It wasn't even, like, done in their name. They actually were like, yeah, well, yeah, this. I needed a vacation home in Jamaica, right? <laughs> like, what do I care? Um, you know, like, the, it's played off as a joke, but it doesn't fully damn them in our eyes i think um i think i think they still like remain likable and they remain uh sympathetic or at least uh like interesting characters it doesn't totally like alienate me from them but it is very cynical in its view of media at the time and now which i think is like the reason it doesn't bug me is because it does feel very spot on in that like the world is getting worse and worse and more unstable and it's becoming more and more publicized. Like, we're literally just watching war on TV during post-9-11. Yeah. We're just watching the bombings happening on TV. And it's becoming more and more entertainment. Right? Like, and it's 
it's just literally what's happening and this i think just perfectly reflect reflects that that like it's this is not fun time superhero stuff anymore this is you know like military complex stuff um military industrial complex stuff and it is just still being sold as like entertainment and pop star stuff um yeah so like that that's why it kind of works for me. And and I get, like, some people don't really respond to the cynicism of it. But, yeah. like, I guess for me, like, the cynicism works because it feels uh, directed at a worthy target that is true, right? Like, yeah, I think, like, the truth of it uh, rings through for me. And I think maybe, like, I don't know, to me, maybe that's where it being a Marvel book kind of helps it in a way. In that, like, just because of what you're expecting from Marvel book, it's still going to be a book about heroes. Like, they're still hanging out with Professor X and Spider-Man and Wolverine. It feels like, I don't know, maybe in the perception of the characters, it feels like that helps the reader feel like, I don't keep hope in them, in a way. Like, you still have the expectation that at the end of the day, there's something good about them, maybe, hopefully. Uh, even mm. when, even mm. if or when there isn't. But, like, I don't know, they... You feel like that perception, that perception of what a Marvel comic is, of and what Marvel characters are, uh, influences what you want for those characters, or how you, I don't know, how you like those characters. I guess. Um, yeah, that, I, just, I, I feel like it, 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 it does to me in a way. In like, I'm they, they're all horrible, and they all do commit war crimes and, and such, and they're ready to kill teammate just because they don't like her. Uh, I still like them. <laughs> yes. I still want to to keep up with them, and not in a way of like, oh, those are all horrible villains. Um, but just in, yeah, I still they're still f good characters, and I still like they can still have enjoyable moments where they hang out as a team, and like they're sad when a teammates when a teammate dies and such. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, they like yeah, you're kind of rooting for them despite their flaws because you yeah. see the like humanity in them right they still yeah, struggle definitely. with insecurity and they struggle with trauma and they struggle with their identities right and sometimes they're selling out those identities just for cash but uh some of the struggle is real right like i think the way that it actually talks about gayness in this uh strikes me as some of the most like true to life uh that we've ever seen um at least in marvel it's comics marvel, right? yeah. i'm not yeah that's interesting what you're saying about like your expectations because it's based on a Marvel book. I kind of think, to me, that's how it smuggles this in and tricks you. Yeah, that's with your bad, expectation yeah. expectation of it being a Marvel book, and then it kind of undercuts your expectations by being like, you know, your heroes are just like we, you. You don't have context for the uh, Middle Eastern, you know, fighter. They just say. Yeah, we're off fighting the Taliban, and then you get to watch them just slaughter <laughs> these people in, like, yeah. gory detail. It does not hold its, like, punches back, right? Unlike the Avengers, when you read, like, a mediocre Avengers comic, and they, and it talks about, you know, Iron Man and Captain America go fight the Taliban, and then they just go knock them all out, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, or it's all off screen, and it's not like, you're not watching Captain America just put bullets in all of their heads. Here, you get to watch Dead Girl just, like, punch the eyeballs out of the terrorists quote unquote um so i think like and, it and really, like on the other hand it also feels like yeah. on the other hand it also feels like each fight they go into they like one or two of them might die like they know that going to each fight in a way that's not true in any other superhero stuff even like whether yeah. it's going out super villains or just regular people like here just they're only most for the most part only going against like regular armies or like regular humans with weapons 
but they mm-hmm. still know that like their their powers aren't good enough that they, that can just save them of any situation. Like I, they regularly die. I don't know. Like since the beginning of the comic, it's been like twenty issues, and probably like at least five to ten of them have died. <laughs> probably, I, mean, I think three of them die in this arc, right? We yeah, read, exactly. Yeah. What like eight issues, and it, El Guapo gets introduced, <laughs> and then gets uh, skewered by his own skateboard. Uh, after getting his legs blown off, Fat, who's been with us since like the beginning, is killed, and it just kind of happened. And then uh, what's his name, Spike Freeman, guy, just kicks his head backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the main woman—I can't remember her name. Henrietta, um, I think. Henrietta, thank you. Yeah, yeah she kind of just dies unceremoniously. It, th- yeah. That's—I uh, mean—that being a trick of the book that it just kind of happens, right? That it doesn't build it up to some big moment. It's just like one page, everyone's fighting. The next page, somebody gets killed. Um, yeah. yeah, it makes me really, really want to go read Peter Milligan's other comic book work, other like superhero comic book work. I'd be really curious to see because he does other Marvel stuff. He doesn't get to sink his teeth into like such long runs uh, in like Marvel and DC, but he does shorter stuff here and there. I'm really curious what he would just do with like X Men or Thor, right? And he does some of it, so um, I'd be interested. And he does he does the shade the changing man. He does like a seventy issue run of that for DC, which I think is more like Vertigo style. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's another thing. I I don't like I I don't think I've read any of the of his like Marvel stuff, or at least not that I'm aware of. Maybe I I read mm-hmm. some of his stuff. We skipped a him. bunch. Yeah. Yeah. We, he yeah. he wrote something called like the continuing adventures of Cyclops and. Um, what is it? It, it? Something that sounded cool enough that I was like, "Why didn't we read this for, uh, for my Marvelous Year when it came out?" Let's see. Huh. Adventures. The Cyclops Phoenix stuff. In the the, the further Asians? adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix with John Paul Leone as the artist. Um, is that the one where? Wait, isn't that? A, I thought that I was no a Chris Clements story with like the origins of Mister Sinister. That stuff. Uh, it is. Let's see. The X-Men members Cyclops and Phoenix are brought to Victorian-era England in 1859, yeah. where the scientist Nathaniel Essex, obsessed with Darwin's theory, encounters century, centuries-old apocalypse, who transforms him into Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Oh, dang. I thought, I thought that was Clement stuff, but no, okay. It's like, that's the origin of Mr. Sinister. That's like a big stuff. Of, that's a big thing of, like, X-Men continuity. Yeah, we didn't we didn't read it, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, any, anyway, uh... Interesting guy. I love this comic. <laughs> I think like it's one of the only like fully adult comics that I just never feel like it's pandering to me. It just feels yeah. like it's getting to just do its in in like Marvel, right? Like, and I understand. I don't want to like I'm, I don't want to put this up as like trashing other writers, right? I think like Milligan was very lucky to have the opportunity to write something like this. I think like a lot of writers would want to write something that they don't feel like they have to acquiesce to like some kind of perceived editorial obligation or like reader obligation. Um, You know, everyone's just working. No one wants to write something that like is just checking the boxes of writing a superhero comic. Um, I just feel like this is just that perfect little unicorn that got to exist for a really long time, surprisingly long time. The The wildest thing to me is that at this point we're on Ecstatics 18, I think it's like year three now of the book, and there are still consistently letters being like, bring back Strife and Wolfsbane and uh, Cable. Wolfsbane. Where are they? I missed them. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> like... for the X-Force at first. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and people are like, people are 
cannot get over and they're still re- they're reading ecstatics now they've followed the series they're like i've been reading it for three years with the hopes you'd come to your senses and <laughs> like bring back like, the team that matters ain't that book, where's honey? cannonball <laughs> yeah um yeah people need to, to learn to let go just go back and read them they still exist uh yeah yeah anyway i'm sure x-force in its original uh makeup comes back pretty soon oh, yeah. at some point but, uh anyway speaking of mutant books that kind of get to their own thing new x-men is coming next and that that kind of gets to be its hell, own yeah. weird hell, deal yeah. hell yeah 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 I'm, I'm excited to i i might you know this is the end of new x-men i might go back and just reread everything leading up to it i think it would be kind of rewarding to do that yeah that's Maybe, that's yeah. what i'm doing I, I i can't remember if we've actually skipped i think we've missed a few issues here and there but like i i'm doing the whole the whole new yeah I, i've read it's them that we skipped something just, yeah. yeah we're skipping seven issues between 2002 and 2003 yeah. So, yeah, the whole run is like 35 issues. It's not particularly long. It's surprisingly short for how big of a thing it is and like the consciousness of, uh, of Marvel stuff and X-Men stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because Ecstatics and the X-Force Ecstatics run, I think, is longer. Yeah, yeah. Which, which sounds crazy, but yeah. yeah. All right, well, thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you to our listeners for listening. And if you want to support the show, patreon.com, my Marvelous here. Apple podcast reviews are always yes, welcome. Please. Music is by Disasterpiece. Uh, like I said, next time we're going to be covering new X-Men, the end of Morrison's X-Men run, 134 to 150. Um, anything else, Charlotte? No, I'm good. Some good, lot of uh, good X-Men stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get back into it. Yeah. Oh, and then after that, we're going to be reading Marvel 1602, <laughs> which Ooh, yeah. Dave has informed us he might just not read. He might just come to the episode and not read it, <laughs> which, you know, after I was beaten in public for skipping those uh, Kang Avengers comics, I do, I'm a little offended by. But uh, we're also going to be covering Alias, aka Jessica Jones, which, just to give everyone a heads up, is not on Marvel Unlimited, so you will have to go find it elsewhere, um, you know, your library or other methods. Um, uh, thanks all for listening, and we will see you next year. See you next year.